Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, near or far, high or low, you're listening to the Coach D Podcast. And listeners, um, I'm not going to lie, um, I had a super busy day, but literally I had my last session and all I could think about, because I mean, when it comes to me speaking to these high level coaches, I tend to get giddy, you know, and, and the listeners know that I'm an absolute basketball nerd. So to have this accomplished guest, once again, I have to thank him so much for his time but listeners you know how we do on the coach d podcast we have to introduce these high level guests the right way so without further ado let's cue the the music and let me get my best commentator voice on listeners stepping on the court we have an accomplished guest who has helped lead fresno state to a 10 a 23 to 9 record and ranked ninth nationally in three point percentage per game he has 20 years of coaching experience including 10 seasons at utah state working for coach Stu morrow and for usu he was primarily responsible for offense post-player development, recruiting, academics, and opposing team scouts. Listeners, please, I'm extremely excited. Stepping on the court, please give a warm welcome to Coach Tarvish Fulton. <laughs> Man, you got me excited. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I didn't get that kind of introduction when I played. <laughs> That intro, that music, I was a huge Chicago Bulls fan back oh, in the day, you're speaking right? to the right person. I oh, love this conversation already. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, man. That was like, that's, that was the music. Everybody wanted to come out to that Bulls music. 100%. Cause... <laughs> 100%. Oh man, coach, um, seriously, once again, um, thank you so much for your time. But I mean, before we even get started, coach, talk to me. The season has just um, started for you guys. You know, how are you physically and mentally? Man, you know what? It's, it's, been, a, it's been so good for our, our kids. You know, last year, you know, the, with COVID and everything, and, you know, being in the, in the state of California, we were on a, what I would call an extreme lockdown. And right. so, uh, you know, we couldn't even bring our kids back to campus until like the first of October. Because, oh wow! Uh, you know, the county of Fresno County was just you know the numbers were kind of high, and I didn't so they know were just, that. They, wow. did, they wanted to be really cautious. So, you know, so practice was supposed to start like October fourteenth. Okay. We couldn't bring our kids back on campus till October first, right? And so the season before that, you know, we 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 lost in the conference tournament, which was you know March. Eighth, I think. Okay. We didn't see we didn't see our guys again until October. Wow. Like we had no spring. We sent them home right after that. We got sent home for COVID. Mm-hmm. COVID shut down, and so right we sent them home and never saw them again until the first of October. Wow. And then when we got them in October, man, we had like we immediately had a shutdown when we got them back. So we didn't even start practice officially on on the 14th. And you know that's that was 10. 10 days for some guys, 14 days for other guys. Uh, and then we, you know, started trying to practice. We played a game and it was a non-D1 game and then uh, got shut down again. And then we didn't play again until, you know, December, I think we played on the 19th, had another wow. little break. Okay. And then we started, our first Division One game was December 28th at, at, uh, at Colorado State that year. 
and Demetrius, I'm talking about like I, I've never seen you play, but right. you and me and three other dudes that you know that might be able to hoop would have beat our team last year. We just we weren't a team. Like wow. we just weren't very good at the beginning of the year. Right. But you know, I give our kids credit. They they really bought in and was trying and we were basically practicing in games and, nice. and these are conference games. So right, right. Uh, and at the end of the year we, we were playing good basketball. Well, fast forward that we were able to get a real spring uh, with our kids, get a real summer with our guys and get a real fall and you know lo and behold we've gotten so much better nice uh and and our kids are we're off to you know we're we're three and oh and yes sir our kids are are doing some really good things out there it's one of the more efficient groups we've had i mean i think we're shooting 50 percent from the floor and right and you know we we, got to do a better job of taking care of the ball not not turning it over right uh but you know we're rebounding the ball and we're trying really hard we're connected at the defensive end and so we're off to a pretty good start and you know our kids are in a the right frame of mind. They, they work every day. They show up every day, want to get better and learn, and, and that's all you can ask for this time of year. Indeed, indeed, and oh man, just in in terms of bef- before we even speak about, you know, again, you know, twenty plus years of coaching experience. Be before we speak about the coach that you are today, if you could coach, just kind of take us back to a very young Tarvis, you know, who maybe didn't know that much about the game you know could you just kind of just take us back to where you was when you found basketball and who was the person if there was that you know was the first person to put a basketball in your hands yeah you know I I grew up in, in a little small town in in, in middle Georgia um, it's about an hour and a half south of Atlanta called okay. Perry Georgia right. uh, and uh, a single mom raised by my mom and grandmother uh, my sister and I, you know, just the two kids, and I was the only kind of kind of boy in, in our family. Uh, and so I grew up in the neighborhood, you know. Uh, my, my best friend growing up, he had four other uh, brothers, and so we were all just, you know, we just we played everything growing up: baseball, right. basketball. You, should, you know, just kind of just stuff to keep you out of trouble. Right, right. <laughs> uh, keep you keep you busy, just running around the neighborhood. Here we go. And my next door neighbor was was a really was a really good basketball player. His name was Sean Davis, and he had a bunch of brothers as well. So we were kind of just a band of, of, of brothers, and okay. I was and we were the and we were, I was the youngest in the group. Like I, it was always I was always playing with guys older than me. Right. Right. Uh, and played every sport, guys older than me. And so, uh, you know, he kind of took me under his wing and he would he would kill me every day. We just played <laughs> one on one and he would just kick my butt. Uh, and I just, I couldn't beat him. And right. I was super competitive. I would go in the house pissed, almost crying. <laughs> I can't beat him, I can't beat him. Like, I'm gonna beat him, I'm gonna beat him. And so that was kind of my start. Now, I didn't start playing organized basketball until I got in the sixth grade. Okay. I, grew, I was a baseball guy. Interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was a baseball guy. I was a okay. pitcher and a, and a shortstop growing up. I was a baseball guy. Nice. But, uh, but I was, you know, I, I grew and I was, you know, five foot six, five foot seven in the seventh grade. And because I always, you know, played with older people, I, I had to learn how to handle the basketball. So right. I could, you know, I could dribble, I could pass. Um, and so, you know, that was kind of my, my introduction to the game. Um, and I fell in love with it when I, when I started playing it and, uh, and got better and better and, and got to high school and, and decided that's what I wanted to do. I want to be a, I want to be a basketball player. I want right. to go to college playing basketball. Um, right. 
And so I was the I was the tallest kid on my high school basketball team at you know six four, six five. Okay. And 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 we had a good team. And we were ranked, you know, number three in the state. And we played against some really good, good, you know, basketball. I don't know if you remember a guy named Vontigo Cummings that played at, at uh played at Pittsburgh. Nice. Uh, but Harnett who played in the NBA for a while. Ricky right. Moore, William yep. Avery. Like we grew up playing against all those guys. Um, and so, ba- basketball and Matt Harpering, basketball in, in the state of Georgia was on the rise. It wasn't okay. what football was or is, but it was on the rise. Right. Uh, right. And so that was my that was my introduction to the game. And so, um, and like I said, I just I fell in love with it from from there. Nice. And, and just really, that's what I wanted to do and wanted to play. And, um, you know, basketball has allowed me to do a lot of things in life. Right. Um, you know, from going to college, uh, you know, traveling, seeing the world, uh, get a degree. You know, all those things happen because of, because of you know, my love for basketball. Here we go. Um, and so it's, it's go. been something I've... I've I cherish and I don't ever take for granted and I try to always, you know, pay it forward. Um, right. That's kind of my, I think that's kind of my coaching philosophy, coaching style is to try to help the next one. Nice, uh, there we go. And help young men continue to grow and develop. And, you know, it's taught me a lot about life, you know, sacrifice mm. and, and how to be a part of a team and, and, you know, being accountable to other people and not wanting to let them down. And, and so those are the kind of things that we, you know, try to try to preach and teach and, and live by and try to help these young men continue to grow and, and be productive parts of society. You see, see, coach is already talking that those types of details and knowing me, I want to jump to the fourth quarter. I'm like, coach, you've, <laughs> you've, you've got your talking points. Let's just run the offense. Let's just settle the offense for the first quarter and then we can get into the second and third. So, but just in, in terms of, you know, cause I really just find it fascinating. You know, just having quite a few guests on the podcast, you really kind of get a shape on because, you know, as especially living in Europe, I just feel like we get the exposure of basketball, especially from the States. And we kind of get two sides of basketball. We get the New York, they're going to trash talk, no blood, no foul, but they're going to back it up physical. You know, they can be quite, you know, skilled in terms of the ball handling finishing at the mm-hmm. rim then you got the LA palm trees they got the sun the beach cool calm collected there's a, there's a certain swag about players coming out of LA but for those who might not know how would you describe especially back then to now the basketball culture in Georgia man uh I, I think it's probably it's gotten way better than, than maybe even when we were playing but it's a it's a game of you know, athleticism, mm. uh, you know, running, getting up and down the floor. So a lot of pressing, right. uh, you know, full court basketball, uh, fast break basketball, uh, a lot of a lot of action up around the rim area, whether it be blocking shots or the alley-oop dunks and, uh, you know, the guard play is it's it's probably when we were growing up, probably more so positionless basketball okay. back in the day, where all five guys on the floor could maybe dribble it up the floor, make a play, pass it, drive it. Uh, I think the skill level has gotten even better today. I just think, and across the world, you know, right? I, you agree. Know, I think of places like you know Georgia, Florida, mm-hmm. Texas. 
the you know the places where it, it was all about football kind of growing up right. you know that, that, right. that you know heavy SEC Big 12 country yep. so to speak uh, it's really basketball has gotten a lot better I think the coaching's gotten better I think the player development has gotten better I think kids are getting into the game and getting more detailed into the game at an early at an earlier age now and right. you're seeing you know you're seeing that come to come to fruition you're seeing the you know the LeBron James, the Kevin Durant's of the world, mm-hmm. uh, because they are—they are, you know, seven foot, six nine, and skilled as all get out. They don't just stick you under the basket because you're the tallest guy right. <laughs> any, right. any, anymore. But, <laughs> but true. yeah, that you know, that's what—that's kind of what it was growing up for me in, in Georgia. And just, uh, you know, the good teams—they played full court, man to man, and they got after you, and uh, and and you know, and they they they, they press and they they rebound and they pushed you. You know, you, you right. play fast break basketball, uh, and so that's it's kind of, you know, that's kind of where the game was, and I, I think it's grown from that and continued to develop, and now it's more five out. You don't see yep. very much with your back to the basket play. That's uh, true. You know, even the bigger kids nowadays, they're they're facing up, and you know, they're, they're, you know, ball screens have become such a big part of the game. Right. You know, when I was growing up, it was it was that old, you know, Bobby Knight five man motion. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, everybody, you know, screen, back cut, curl right. cut, flare, yeah. pop. <laughs> sure. Uh, oh, so yeah. sure. But, but now it's, you know, spread the floor, uh, you know, get a piece and, and get somebody to, you know, threaten the rim and then play from there. And then the three-point shot has become so, so yeah, prevalent in the so game. Huge. If you had a guy that could shoot a three back when I played, you you, you had a goal. He was a goal mine. Right. <laughs> uh, it's true. You know, it was all about the mid-range back then. Get to that foul line jumper. You know, be able to shoot, you know, play mid-range. And because guys were so athletic at the basket, you weren't, weren't, weren't going to be able to get there all the time and get layups. But right. uh, but now the game is the game is completely evolved. And, it's a, and when played the right way, it's beautiful. You know, just the, the, the movement of the players and the ball and just kind of, you know, I, I love sports. You know, right. my, I, you know, I'm a huge, you know, football fan. Dallas right. Cowboy to the day I die. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, I love, love college yes, football. Uh, you know, and grew up as a baseball guy. But you know, basketball is one of those sports where you, you have to be a really good athlete to to play the game. Right. You know, you know, the moving of the feet. You know, the hand-eye coordination with, you know, catching and passing and doing things on the move. Mm-hmm. It's not a game you play stand still very often. And so That's true. Uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of a catch-all. And so it's 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 been, like I said, it's one of those things that's been very, very good to me. But that was kind of the game growing up and kind of how it's evolved in, in, in the South as I, as I see it. Right. Right. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's just even just hearing you speak, Coach, it, it kind of just had me going back in the time, Jay, and kind of just reflecting on, you know, my uh, short little stint of playing basketball in high school. <laughs> and again, man, it was just something because obviously growing up in London, football is our biggest sport. And I think that kind of gave me the advantage because when everyone was out in the field playing football, I knew that during break, lunch, after school, I could have the whole gym to myself. Now, bear in mind, yeah. coach, if you saw my jump shot back then, oh my goodness, it was awful. <laughs> like, literally, I would find it bizarre that people would have to jump. Like literally, because I fortunately, you know, growing up, I always had the upper, 
body strength so i never mm-hmm. used to jump but oh man i just got obsessed to the point where i had like i used to write how many shots i would make i would you know try and take 200 shots a day yeah. and break down the percentages and canada just looking at my high school development a lot of it at the time because there wasn't um i didn't have that many coaches or mentors or websites to go to at the time my development was a lot of self-discovery trial and error so for yourself kind of reflecting on your own player development during the high school leading into college how would you describe that man uh kind of similar to you i i fortunately i had to i had the benefit of you know growing up around a lot of really good athletes nice. and so i was able to you know aau was was just starting up when i when i was in high school you know? okay and so you know we didn't i didn't even play aau basketball right because it wasn't you know it was it just wasn't that especially because of where i was in perry georgia it just wasn't that deal we played you know a lot of the the little league rec stuff uh-huh. uh, that was kind of your way to develop your game as a youngster growing up and then you know you just went to the park and you played every day you, right. you played park basketball five on five and here we go and if you were lucky enough to have a basket in your yard could and if you didn't guess what you took a piece of plywood an old tire uh cool on that. Tire, yes sir tire rim and yes, nailed sir. it up there with, make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you made you made your own rim and so right. you just that's how you you just worked on it ball never had any grip to it you know that, right. that was kind of that was kind of how we did it but right. you just kind of you know if you want to be a basketball about player you just you, you went and worked on your game on right. your own self you know like you said self-motivated you didn't really have the, the, there were no trainers in basketball back then you it right. was all about you know you either had a high school coach a junior high coach I was fortunate enough to have a, a high school uh, coach that would sometimes open up the gym so we could play okay. on the weekends uh, but it was all about you know you went to the park and you just you played and then you watched the game you know? right and like you said, I, I grew up, you know, Dominique Wilkins, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson. Great, man. You know, those are those are the guys we kind of grew up watching. And, you know, just watch. luckily that's when basketball, NBA was, you know, really starting to hit stride as a, a mainstream sport and be on right. TV a lot. Uh, and so you just got to watch the game, uh, you know, as much as you could. But that was kind of how we, how you developed. Right. Um, and, then, and then once I got to college, is when I, you know, really was able to get in the gym and, you know, understand what it was to how to develop your game as an individual, mm-hmm. you know, how to get in the gym and be specific in what you're working on. Uh, you know, whether it's you're working on shooting, okay. So what kind of shots are you working on? You're working on spot shooting. You're working on shooting off the off the catch. Right. Uh, you're working on shooting off the bounce. You know, you just kind of. You worked on specific things. You didn't just go in the gym and just, you know, just throw them up there and then say, oh, I worked on my shoe today. You, know, you got very <laughs> right. specific Purposeful. on what you were working on. Right. Uh, ball handling is the same way. You know, you just kind of, those were, you got very specific, uh, intentional, intentional with what you were working on on a daily basis. And then, uh, and I, like like you said, you, you kept track of your percentages. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then we didn't do that until you got to, I didn't learn that until I got to college. Okay. That, you know, does it make sense to get, get in the gym and practice missing? You got to practice making it. Right. Uh, that's true. You, you got to practice making it. And so, uh, you know, that's a, that, that, was a, that was something that I continued to develop once I even learned more about the game and advanced in my career. Right. Right. And, I mean, I feel like for 
me especially, I mean, me loving basketball so much, I feel like no matter what sport you play, coach, there's that moment where you knew that you was nice at basketball. So coach, if you kind of could just go back, whether it was a block, you making the game, winning layup, you tying the game at the foul line, you diving for the loose ball, you know, trying to get that steal. When was that moment for you coach that you realized that I was born to play basketball? Oh man. I would probably say um, for me, when I realized I could play at a fairly high level, I, we were, it was in the fall of my sophomore year. We were going okay. into my sophomore basketball season. Paint the picture, yes sir. And yes, we sir. were, uh, we had a senior on our varsity basketball team. Okay. Who, uh, he was 6'8". Uh, we had another kid on our team that was 6'8". We had a big team. You wow. know, for a high school team back yeah, then. That's that length, goodness team. me. And, uh, we were playing, and I uh, I got a dunk against those guys as a as a young sophomore, Oof. and that's when I realized, okay, I can <laughs> I can play, right. you know, I I, I belong because back then it was just about your athleticism. I was always pretty skilled; I could always handle it uh, and pass it. Uh, but that's when you knew, okay, my athleticism is good enough where I can I can play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's kind of what when the light came on for me that you know playing against those guys who were who were seniors to be and being out there uh, with them and, and not only holding my own but being successful. Right. Uh, it's one thing just to be able to be out there, but you know be able to make an impact on the game. Uh, that's when I kind of realized, well, you know, we got we got a chance to be. I got a chance to be pretty good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And just before we get into your coaching career if you could coach I mean having lived it as a player what would you say you know making that transition from high school to college what would you say at the time was you know some of the stuff that they told you about college basketball versus some of the stuff that they don't tell you about um, college basketball man you know in the in the recruiting process it's you're always being told you know where they where they see you at the end you know we think you could be a starter we think you could be uh you know a really good player for us we think you could be this we think you could be that uh and so you kind of get that and you know the caveat and not that they leave it out but i think it's just expected right you know if you work hard (laughs) right right uh and if you do you know it's still a process uh and the game is different. Like what you see on TV, uh, or what you see when you go to the game, is the game being played at a really high level. Right. Uh, college, pro. What you don't see is what goes on on a day-to-day basis and the process of learning how to play at that high level. Like you don't just show up and play at that high level. And you know, for me, the speed at which the game is played at. Uh, that, that was a big adjustment for me uh, going from, you know, I went to junior college for a year. Uh, and even going from high school to junior college, the speed and the physicality that the game is played with is, it's an adjustment. Right. Um, 
and it's a, and even to this day, it's adjustment for our kids today. Like you get out there, and I, you know, I being a guy who talks offense all the time, the, the floor is spinning. You know, <laughs> the guys are just moving around, and you're like, oh shoot, I don't know. Like right. you think you see it, like the gaps you thought you saw and had in high school. Like, oh yeah, I could drive that gap. Yeah, that gap different. ain't there for very long anymore right. at, at our it's level. True. Like it's it's really, and so you see guys running over people or throwing it to people they should be throwing it to. It's just like, man, he looks like he's a mess out there. <laughs> the, the ball goes, like, I got all these sayings, the ball goes square on him. All of a sudden they can't dribble it. That's <laughs> right. Oh, they can't dribble it. Like, cause it, it's just so fast. And right. so your, your brain is trying to process what's going, what your eyes are seeing. And, and your eyes are seeing it at a really fast pace. Right. And then once you get the game to slow down for you, that's when you can be, how quickly you can get the game to slow down for you. That's when you can really see what the talent is and, and how guys, you know, can, can what people can do. Right. Uh, and so that was probably one of the biggest things. Is yeah, they told you they tell you all these things you can be. You know, they don't really the 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 process of getting to that is probably what uh, what's probably the most transitional thing that kids have to make. Right. Uh, the things that maybe uh, is the biggest shock to their system. Like, oh, I, I, I got away with this in high school. You can't get away with that at, at this level. Like, right. Are, everybody, everybody's good in college. That's like, true. Everybody was the best player on their high school team. And if you were fortunate enough to play on one of those super teams and you weren't, then, but everybody was good in high school. Right. <laughs> at it's at true. this level. It's, it's true. You know, oh, man. And just in, in terms of, again, I mean, I'm just super curious now. Because for me, I think what made the transition for me from a player to a coach was um, I had a very unique, one-of-a-kind dream coach that, you know, I wanted to make the NBA, you know, at uh, 14, mm -hmm. 15. And um, it was quite funny because at the time, at the high school that, um, that we was at, we kind of had like a tutor that would kind of help you with you know what you want to be in the future and how to plan you know short term long term and you know I came in you know the room very young naive you know thinking the world was you know all puppies and rainbows I was like you know I want to make it to the NBA <laughs> I want to play for Chicago yeah. Bulls and uh, you know the tutor looked at me and I was like well do you have any family in America and I was like uh, no um, you know do you play at a high level I mean I play high school that's not high level I was like okay and she literally just like shot my dream down and literally <laughs> from then I took that as a challenge I was like yeah you know what like okay if I you know in order for me to great in order for me sorry to be a great player surely let me do this level one coaching course because the coach knows everything and then it kind of went from well you know, I, I really enjoy coaching and I'm learning more about the game and I'm getting these different perspectives. Rather than me just having the advantage as a single player, let me actually help my teammates. And then from their own coach, it went from, well, if I want basketball in London to get better, I should kind of share my knowledge and my teachers and some of the lessons and experiences that I've gone through with mm -hmm. other players. And then as a whole, that will make London basketball that much more better. And, you know, 13 years down the road, I'm just, you know, super fortunate to be, you know, coaching clubs, schools. So for yourself, coach, you know, when, what, what was the uh, contributing factors that made you make that pivot from player to coach? Oh, well, you know, I, I like you, I had that dream too. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna play in the NBA. Right. <laughs> uh, and then I, you know, I got to college uh, and I, you know, I got to play against some of the best players in the, in the country at the time. Wow. Um, 
and so it was, you know, fascinating for me. And I was able to, you know, to, to get a lot done. But it's just when you get to college, you realize the guys that play in the NBA, they are so much better than you, even in college. <laughs> That's uh, crazy. And so, you know, it's it's a it's a different different deal. Right. And so, you know, being able to play professionally even was, you know, okay, maybe not the NBA, but I can go to Europe and play, you know. But once I got to college, I really loved the the game planning and the, uh, you know, I understood concepts pretty quickly. I, I could. I could help my teammates even in the middle of the game, you know, hey, make sure you get, you know, this is coming, make sure you get get to there and right. uh, you know, be a and you know, I was you know, I was, a, I was a captain for, you know, three seasons on my my college basketball team and so, you know, being a leader and stepping up and wanting to be in that role was always something that I was comfortable in. Right. Uh, and so coaching for me is kind of it was kind of my way to to pay homage to the people, my coaches, nice. who were, you know, the the men in my life that helped give me that that male influence. Mm -hmm. And so it was, you know, from back even from my, you know, little league football days, those those men were they meant so much to me and uh, spent so much gave so much of their time picking me up for practice, dropping me off. Uh, you know those kinds of things just mm -hmm. really it stuck with me right and, uh, you know so even when I got to cut I, I want to coach even when I if I got to play professionally when I got done I wanted to coach right and so my senior year you know I had some opportunities to go play uh, you know over in Europe nice. and but none of them were like uh, I want to coach okay. <laughs> and so and so I I really uh, you know I wanted to be able to, to, to get into it, and, and my dream was once, my, my goal was to be, I want to be a head coach, I want to be a Division One head basketball coach one day, and so why not start that path now instead of later? Mm -hmm. uh, and that is kind of where, you know, I, I really kind of took off and just said, I, I went both feet into the coaching, uh, right when I got done playing. And so uh, I was fortunate enough that I, got, I was able to work for the guy that I, I played for right? Uh, and got my start there at Southern Utah University. But it was it was always kind of in my in my blood. It was something I kind of always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. uh, even even growing up in, in you know, coming up in, in high school, you know, you know, I, I was I was lucky enough that I could I, you know, school came pretty easy for me. Right. Uh, you know, and my, and my mom just knew I was going to be a doctor. She was just going to be a doctor. It's like, well, yeah, I, I love science, I love math, and I had no issues with it. Right. And so that was the deal. For my mom, it's like, yeah, you're gonna, he's going to be a doctor. And my whole time going, yeah, but I really want to be a coach. Right. Uh, but yeah, and so you know, it was kind of one of those deals, and and so it was. It's just kind of. I know it sounds cliche. It's what you're born to do, but right. I've been. I'm so comfortable in in, in this role uh, that I that I've been able to been blessed with for, like you said, 20 plus years. But it was kind of the, it's kind of what I've always wanted to do, and because I played the game, uh, and it taught me how to be disciplined and work towards your goals. I was able to stay stay the course, uh, and, and you know. 
I, I came up in the era where you had to you had to really sacrifice. Like I right. I worked a few jobs. You know, I was I worked on a pig farm from Wow, no you know, way from like midnight till like eight AM and then and then, you know, went home and took a nap and went and started, you know, my coaching job. My first my first college coaching job. I paid them to let me coach. I, I didn't get paid. <laughs> Just for the love uh, of the game. I love that. Yeah. Man. I love and, that. And kind of, you know, you had to pay your dues. Right. Uh, and, you know, you sit in that, you know, back when there was no, uh, even email film, there was no synergy and all these things. You had right. to actually... Record, record the game on on like you used to stack those VHS yep. those uh those VCRs you used to stack yep. like eight of them and dub those tapes and then had to mail them out put them on FedEx and man that was my deal growing up I was the film exchange guy so I, so yeah that was you know I, I I've been blessed to be just entrenched in the game my whole life so I mean you know you've been with a lot of amazing mentors teammates and you know again you know 20 plus years of coaching experience i mean as more and more experienced is gained for you coach what new thoughts and conversations are you having now that you wasn't having that much before oh the biggest thing you talk about now is just uh, the mental aspect of the game mental health of your players okay. i think that's one of the that's one of the biggest things uh, that we as coaches nowadays have to deal with, right. uh, and and if you if you if you're not dealing with it and by dealing with like talking about it on a daily basis, then you're 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 doing your kids a disservice. Mm-hmm. Um, you you got to be you got to be honed in on their mental health, and not just because we just you know we're in the middle or at the end, or however you want to look at this whole COVID thing. Right. That mental health is real in and and just in everyday life. Right, uh, and so you know, I, I think that's one of the biggest things we're dealing with as as coaches nowadays. Uh, is making sure you know your kids are in the in a healthy uh, state of mind. Right, hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you know, it's it's fascinating, especially now. You know, with basketball, especially there's so many outlets. There's YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, where you're seeing, you know, high school players, college pros. You're seeing all of their highlights, and I find it very interesting where sometimes, you know, people want to show up for your games where you're holding the trophy, then hear about your scrimmages where you where you know you wasn't running hard enough or you're making mistakes. You know, you're staying back for practice, getting the extra 200, 300, 400 shots up. So. For yourself, you know, being a high-level coach, how would you describe the unseen grind of a coach? Oh man, it's 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 all-encompassing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I've I've had this throughout my whole career. You know, you kind of you're going through an airport or just you know just in your everyday life, and people ask you, "What do you do?" Oh, I'm a, I'm a basketball coach. Oh, uh, and they immediately go, "Well, like." Do you teach a class too? Right. Like, like, <laughs> yep. No, yep. I, I I just coach, and they think, oh well, then, oh man, that's got to be the easiest job in the world. You gotta oh. show up for two hours a day, and oh, they don't know. It's like, yeah, <laughs> but but you know, it's really it's not. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> right. It's, right. It's really not. I mean, you, you gotta. It, it starts from, you know, the time you wake up to the to the time you go to bed. Like mm-hmm. you're. And at our level, it's all encompassing. It's not just the, you know, 
the practice, you know, you got to plan practice, but you also got recruiting, uh, which, you know, that is a, that is a everyday grind. It's not just a recruiting season. You're recruiting every day of your life. Even even when you're on vacation, you're still, you know, you get, you get phone calls, text messages, emails about, you know, the next great, the next great find. And so, uh, you're, you're always in the the middle of it. Um, and then, you know, spending time in practice and then your kids if you have the right kind of kids they, they want to work individually a little bit after practice or individually before practice right and so you're spending time with them there uh on the floor and then like i said you're always you know trying to trying to you know be with your kids so that you can be on the same page with them uh, and, and help them through life mentally and and, and other, any other way that you can help them right uh and so it's just uh you know, uh, and I'm one of those guys where you know I have our I have our kids over the house and we feed them and I cook nice. for them. And, nice. Uh, you know, we kind of it's a very we try to maintain a very family atmosphere for them because they've you know their families have have allowed us the grace of, of entrusting us with their with their with their babies. Right. You know, with their with right. their futures, and so you know you got to make sure you, you try to. Uh, you know, do everything possible to, to help them be successful. And right. so, uh, you know, my I got I got two actual children of my own that, that that are mine. But every kid that we've ever had in our program, I, I treat as as my own. And, uh, I, I still consider myself to be too young to be their father figure. So I say big brother. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, I say big brother. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. But yeah, but just try to try to help them be the best best version of themselves right you know, that's that's what coaching is it's not just teaching them how to shoot a jump shot it's, it's about helping them be the best versions of themselves there we go there we go and i think you know you just kind of touched upon you know just the importance of planning a session before it happens you know making sure you're getting the key points the area of emphasis making sure you're spending you know a certain amount of time on shooting and then you know passing team offense team defense how to defend the ball screen so during the season you know where you're having you know back-to-back games and you really want to prepare as best as you can as a coach during the season you know how do you have efficient practices during that season yeah uh that's a great question i you know i you try to you try to break it down, I think. You know, in, in the preseason, before you start playing games, you're working on what you do, your base, your right. base defense, your base oh. offense. Uh, you know, you're building, the, the, you're putting down the foundation of what your team is, your program is going to be about. Uh, whether that be playing hard, whether that be, you know, being physical, trapping you know playing in fat you know running fast whether that be you know whatever that is for you for you as a coach right and then you know when you get to start playing games now it just becomes about preparing for the next game right and in the preseason like we played like we just came off a stretch where we played three games in seven days and so that's a lot of game prep Right. And when you're prepping for games, you're not practicing to get your team better at their fundamentals because it's all about the game prep. Very true. Uh, and then now we have, you know, we don't play another game now until next Monday. So we got a couple of days where now we can go back and work on us. Right. We also have 
we have evidence, we have data because we've got three games that we've played in that we can, you know, we got to get better at this. We got to right. get better at that. Like we got to become a better, a more efficient team at taking care of the basketball. We got to become more connected at the defensive end where we're, you know, doing a better job of keeping the ball out of the paint, guarding the dribble better right. and being able to, you know, be in help and then not need help, you know, and, and get those down. So we've got actual evidence and data of things we need to get better at. And I just think that's how you approach it. Uh, once you get in and start the season, you try to pick a couple things that you can get better at from one game to the next and you work on those. But then you also you're, you're preparing to try to figure out how to how to give your, your, your team the best chance to be successful in the, in the, in the next game. Right. You know, that's what we're judged on. We're right. judged on games. It's true. Very <laughs> true. Very true. And I've always wondered, you know, uh, how do you manage? Because I think one of the errors that I made growing up in my early coaching career was I would literally start and stop every second on a second note, make sure no middle defense. Did you hedge, get a hand up, we're not communicating, as opposed to, especially, you know, just kind of adapting to, you know, the athletes that we have today. You know, it's um, not about what you communicate, but how you communicate. And, you know, if you're able to, you know, cause you know, the kids want to definitely run up and down and really get in, involved in games how do you manage okay we're gonna spend this amount of time on drills and okay we're gonna now get into scrimmages so how do you kind of balance the two yeah I've I've been fortunate like you said I've been fortunate to work for some really good head coaches Stu Morrill is one of the the best coaches I've ever been around Uh, and for as complex as his uh, people may may or may not be familiar as complex as his office system looked you know, because he had the cards yep. offensively, and people just thought, man, you guys run a million <laughs> Yes. Like, how do you get the kids to learn all of that? Right. And how, do you, right. like, how do you do this and do that? And he was, we did no drilling. Like, he was one of those guys, it was just play. You get better at the things you do. Well, you play the game of basketball. Right. Like, it's unlike, you know, it's up and down. It's consistently, you go from offense to defense like that. Like, right. football, you get to have the ball for a little while. American football, you know, you get to have the ball on offense, and then you got 11 guys that play offense and 11 guys play defense. Right. And the defensive guys don't play on offense. <laughs> so, right. you know, you, you get time in between. Well, basketball, you don't get that. The five right. guys, they got to know how to do both. They got to play offense and defense at the same time. And so, uh, you know, and, and so it's for us, it's just kind of one of those, like we, I've always believed, been taught that, you spend more time playing the game. The more time you can spend playing and then correct it uh, on the fly, so to speak. Uh, go. Right. You know, maybe you maybe you, you give your kids a segment where one team starts with the ball at half court. So the other team has to play defense and they gotta work on transition offense. And then they gotta work on transition defense, whether it be a make or a miss to the other end. Well, the team that started on offense in the half court, they're working on half court offense, transition defense, whether it's a make or miss, and then transition offense, whether it's a make or miss. So both teams are getting work at the game of basketball, but you as a coach, there's always that one stop. We call them up and backs. So on the back, you get a chance to really sit down, uh, stand there and correct and, you know, we didn't do this well on that possession. You gotta do this, like you get to coach them and they get to learn and get feedback immediately on what they did well and didn't do. Right. Uh, and so, and we kind of went, you know, kind of build from there. Well, okay, now you went from maybe 
going up and backs to where maybe you just went, uh, you played a segment, you know, uh, you know, we get media timeouts every four minutes under, mm-hmm. under, and so now you just play for three and a half, four minutes. Right. And now, you, and now you give them feedback from that. And so it's just kind of, it's kind of one of those deals where you just kind of, you just want to build the habits of playing the game. So early in the year, a lot more drill work. As you get closer to playing games, you spend more time playing games, uh, playing the game, scrimmaging, as you say, right. getting up and down, but in a more controlled setting where maybe they're not just going up and down for 25 minutes. Right. Maybe they're just going up and down for two possessions. Okay. And then they immediately get, get feedback from you as a coach. Right. Uh, uh, and they, Or maybe they go up and down for a shorter period of time and then they get feedback from you as a coach. And then you right. just kind of build to that to where... Uh, you know, they're, they're working on game stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Understood. Understood. And I think, you know, during this pandemic for me, it was quite fortunate for me in a sense where I was able to coach. I've, I've, I've never watched so much college basketball in my life during the pandemic. Like, literally, I caught up on <laughs> women's basketball, men's basketball, and literally during most games um i've got a um app on my ipad called head coach app where you can literally animate all of the plays so literally this is me watching i could be watching the nba ncaa i'll be like oh that's a nice play elevator door rewind it back draw it up on the ipad save it and then just you know apply it to my team or i might make a few tweaks and i was doing that throughout the whole season on college basketball and i think the biggest takeaway that i've got you know, just before we kind of get into the offense and the defensive schemes that I, you know, see in college basketball, one thing I absolutely love, and you know, something that you coach, that you instill in the programs that you're working with, is, you know, creating a environment and a basketball culture that the players, the team, the trainers can buy into, you know, just in terms of offensively, holding your teammates accountable, defensively you know your um culture might be no middle bumping cutters always communicating so could you just kind of kind of describe you know the importance of not only developing a basketball culture but what is the impact of having a good structured basketball culture yeah and, and you know i i believe culture isn't it isn't kind of it's kind of what you do is what you allow Okay. Uh, you can you can either build a culture or not, but you're going to have some kind of culture in, right. your, in your program. Right. Uh, and so, you know, for us, it's always been about, you know, playing harder than the other team, you know, playing the game dangerously hard, playing right. harder than the other team does. Uh, and then always having a next play mentality, no matter what happened you played before, good or bad, you're always into the next play. Right. Uh, and, and then, you know, and, you know, being here at Fresno State, you know, and we have a green V as, as part of our, uh, the V is for the valley and, and the, it's green because of the, the agriculture and, and the, 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 you know, the farming background that we have here and how, you know, it's just, you know, the summers are really hot here, you know, right. it's, it's, <laughs> and wow. so it's, uh, it, it takes a different, you know, we're, there's LA, you know, palm trees and all that. And then there's the valley. Right. You know, everybody can't live in the valley. Right. <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta have a certain amount of toughness to be to be in the valley. So we talk about being valley tough, right? And doing things in a, in a, with a tough mindset, and then just being accountable to your brothers. And so, for for us, you know, if you're not hitting on those things every day, then you're allowing other things to seep into your culture, mm-hmm. and that those other things now that becomes your culture. 
Right. So you have to, you know, you have to protect that on a, on a daily basis. Right. Uh, and that's, and, and that's in everything we do. Uh, and so we, 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 we really guard that. We guard our cultures. And I think you have to really do it when your team is really young. And then once you get some older guys who know what your culture is and they, and they can take that over and then they can express to the new guys, this is how we do things here. When you have that, those kind of conversations being had with the, in your team, then you, you built your culture. You, you've got it. You know, right. you've got buy-in. Because buy-in always starts with the older guys. Right, the true. kids who've been around for a while don't buy in, then you don't really have buy-in. You know? Right. Right. Uh, because those are going to be the ones who are in the locker rooms and when you're not in there, because you can't be around them 24-7. Right. But they're around each other way, you know, they're with each other a lot. And so what are the conversations being had when it's just them? Uh, you know, because... You know, there's always going to be somebody who, man, coach ain't giving me a chance. So, <laughs> yeah, that's man, true. You know, coach, coach, coach tripping. Man, why are you on me all the time? Yo, yo, why are you on you all the time? Like, you know, that's true. And you got guys say, hey, he on you because you ain't doing it right. Or, you, you know what I'm saying? That's why you're on you. That's how we do things. You right. Know? When you got that going on, then you got something. And, you know, I, fortunately for us, I think we've built that here over the last few years. Uh, and this year's team is is a product of that. I think we have real buy-in with our group uh, because they've, you know, they've learned lessons hard and, and otherwise. But uh, that first year we were here, uh, we were we were very fortunate to inherit a group that, and they bought in. They, right. they really, they wanted to to listen. And it was an old group and it could have gone the other way. Like, well, I don't need to listen to you. I, you know, I'm a senior, I, you know, I, I know how to do things. And right. they had success. Mm-hmm. And so, but they, they bought in and, you know, they let us coach them. And right. in this group that we've kind of been able to build here, they've, they've allowed us to coach them. And, uh, you know, I think we're starting to see that, uh, that kind of play out the way it's supposed to. Nice. Nice. And, and just in terms of offensively speaking, you know, it's, it's something that I've really, you know, fortunate enough, um, I have a mentor, shout out to Coach you. Um, you know, he kind of, you know, told me don't, teach your player plays teach them how to play you know because when you're watching nba ncaa you know there's so many i mean for me as a coach i love it when i see offensive screens you know if i see flex zone offense if i see the princeton iverson cut double screen you know um how are they guarding the screen it might be a ghost screen flaring out i love all those little details just in terms of when you're teaching um certain complexities within the offense or you know the key to running a good offensive system how much of it is about you know players being in the right position but also you know just players making the right reads in terms of if a team is running a zone defense you might not want to run an offense that's going to match that defense you want to take advantage of the weak side or when a screen happens can we take advantage of the mismatch at the top or down low so how do you balance the two when you're teaching that to your guys yeah i i think you gotta you know really the biggest thing is you know teaching them how to play and, right. and how to play together right uh you know spacing is you know or Rick Majerus, you know, offense is spacing and spacing is offense. <laughs> when, mm. when, when you have, you know, and especially with, like I said, with this, the three-point line, uh, when you're able to, you know, spread the floor and, and give the ball room, uh, 
now no matter what the other team is is doing defensively, you know, you're able to create, you know, some some mismatches or create space right. for the ball, whether that be to, to you know drive it, to play with your back to the basket, or or or, or, or pass it for that matter. And so, you know, I, I think one of the biggest keys we, we, we talk about is space and pace. Okay. Uh, you know, being having the floor spread, you know, both horizontally. Uh, from sideline to sideline and vertically from baseline to top of the key. So when you, when you have that, then you then you, you that's what it starts. And then pace of play isn't just about playing fast; it's about when to go fast. And then when and then when not to go fast. Uh, and then and then you try to incorporate that with playing together, whatever the concepts. When the balls. You know, you give guys concepts, okay? When the ball's at the, we throw it to a guy at the elbow, what are we doing? Right. Uh, well, some of it depends on how you're being played. And right. So, uh, you know, whether it's a give and go cut, whether it's screen for a guy below you and then that guy curls or back cuts and then we pop out, again, spacing. We give the ball room. Uh, when you got two guys together running a ball screen action, you got to give the ball, you know, give the ball room. Right. You know, get, get space. Uh, when somebody drives the ball, whether they drive the baseline, you know, get someone to that backside corner for the drift pass. Yes. Penetration stops everything. Get somebody to the front of the rim. Like, what are your, what are your rules as a post player based on penetration? You just give them a couple of, of things. When it's driven baseline, get to the front of the rim. When right. it's driven at the slot, now you got to get in that in the dunker. Right. Uh, you know, get opposite the ball. Uh, you know, just give them concepts that way, and then. And then just, you know, give them different ways of how people are going to guard you. Because there's only so many things you can do, both, uh, both defensively and offensively. And then being able to play off of that. Right. You know, offense is so reactionary. Uh, you know, defense a lot of times is very, you know, tries to dictate what's going on. Whether people are, you know, what we call icing or downing the ball screen. Where right. they're, letting, or they're trapping it, coming, you know, are they hedging it. You know, there's only so many different things they can do, and so you just try to continually work on. Here's what what it is, and then making sure we incorporate our space with that and our pace of play. Right, right. And I I could just um, hear a player, so I, I just um, have to ask because I think I one of the most uh, common questions. You know, sometimes it might be in my DMs or you know players asking me questions. You know, coach, I'm playing for a team, and you know the minute I get hot, they start to double team me you know and, and and I really don't know what to do with the ball when that happens you know for yourself coach you know you coaching at the high Pass level it. of college <laughs> thank you thank Pass you it. see thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> it's that simple fellas I'm, they're, they're I'm double teaming you. you that's respect I'm telling you. you're getting you're getting double team that's respect Pass right it. You, right. you, yeah, if you have a guy on your team and I say guy obviously women's basketball is well girl if you have a right. player that is commanding a double team, mm -hmm. they should take that as honor right. and respect. You are a trigger. You are creating offense for your team. They're committing to you in the half court, which I think is one of the most unsound things to double team the ball in the half court, like right. at their basket. Like if they're committing to you, then pass it. Somebody else is open. Like it, you may not score 30, your team still might win. Cause you, you know what I'm saying? You might have, 25 hockey assists, mm -hmm. but uh, pass it. Right. 100%. 100%. And then, it's like, and then it's on me as a coach to put you in positions where they can't double you. There we go. Uh, you know, that you got to trust me. But other than that, 
if, if the two are on you, I probably want you to have two on you so you can pass it. That means somebody else is going to get open. And go. I got to do a good enough job and put some other good players around you so that we can win. Right, <laughs> right. 100%, 100%. And just in, in terms of skill development, whether that's during the season or off-season, how do you as a coach, you know, one, assess what the player is doing well, but also what they can do better? And, you know, how do you plan and approach some of those skill development sessions? Uh, you know, I, I think that's got to be an inclusive deal with the player. I think that the player has to, okay, you know, end of the year talks, okay, based on the, you know, obviously we stat everything, so based on your stats, your, your shooting percentages, you know, you're shooting 34% from three. Well, how many good three-point shots did you take? Were they good shots or were you shooting hard ones? Right. Well, if you were shooting good ones and you shot 34, okay, then let's get in the gym and, and let's work on your technique, uh, you know. And, and where that 34 now becomes 38 or 40 next right. year. Uh, if you were shooting bad ones, then let's get in here and watch some film so that you understand what a good shot and what's a bad shot and we stay away from taking bad ones. And if you were making a high percentage of the good ones, then let's continue to work towards that and just take less bad ones. Right. Uh, you know, ball handling, you know, your, your turnovers, like what, the things that you can that are tangible, the things that you can you can see and show them, because they'll I think they'll take more of an ownership for that. You know, like, guys, we don't spend a lot of time in the gym, you know, doing cone drills with our kids. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to become a better finisher where you get in the gym and you work on finishing, whether that be against the pad, through contact, getting the jump stops, uh, become a better finisher. Right. Uh, you know, working on your shooting and your ball handling. Uh, you got to work on those things and they have to have, they have to take ownership for that because they have to make it, and it's on me to make it fun for them in the spring and summer. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, that's where I think where, where a lot of the relationships are built between player and coach is when you have the chance to be in the gym with them on, a, on an individual basis. Right. Understood. Understood. And just in terms of, again, you know, just some of the key aspects of you know attacking if a team is throwing a full court press zone or a half court zone what are some of the um key things that you teach your guys in terms of you know how to remain composed and how you can still attack the gaps within that zone and is there any specific um you know what are some of the specific concepts that you highlight to your team as well uh i think the first thing uh versus uh, I'll kind of try to answer this two ways. Versus man-to-man full-court pressure, if you can clear it out quickly, where they they don't have a chance to run two at the ball, then, you go, right. you know, then that that gives you your, your first chance. If not, then you know if it's kind of a run and jump situation, you just got to always have you know three receivers, a, a middle receiver, a sideline receiver, and a receiver up the floor. Right. Uh, and if you can keep the ball in the middle of the floor. Uh, then you know, then it's, you know, middle and then both sidelines. Right. Uh, versus versus zone. You know, I just think you just want to always, like you said, be in gaps. And again, same same deal. You want to have a, somebody in a sideline, uh, an up the floor pass, and then whether it be middle or diagonal, uh, that you know, deep middle, diagonal. Uh, those are kind of just find the gaps of the zone, and, and you know, but you, you got to have your head up and hit the first available guy. You got to make the Make defense work. Indeed. Make, 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 them, make them run around and uh, 
you know, space again, space the floor. <laughs> you gotta have yes, spacing. Sir. You know, yes, where one guy can guard two because you two are standing next to each other. That's that's not very good spacing. Right, right. And just in general, when you kind of just reflect on your coaching experience and even up until now, I mean, you've probably met some amazing mentors, amazing teammates, great players that you're still in contact with when you kind of look at what all of those great mentors teammates played shared in common you know if you had to you know highlight the top three qualities of a leader what would those top three be for you oh man i think probably i've been fortunate enough to really uh to be around some they were just good people okay uh you know whether on the floor i'm just good genuine people <laughs> right, right. Uh, but at the at the end of the day they, they were competitors like they had a competitive spirit where they were going to be able no matter what was put in front of them they were going to get it done right uh you know i was i was fortunate to coach a couple guys with that you know they they played hurt like really hurt like broken finger, broken back, broken oh. nose, and they didn't care. Like, they still were able to go get it. They right. stick their nose in there and get <laughs> stuff done. Uh, you know, and I, you know, competitiveness is a, is a little bit, of, it's a talent, you know. It, 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 you know, some guys just have it. They, just, they have a will to win. Right. Uh, and, you know, I, I really believe it. And even from coaching, you know, guys that are just competitive, not necessarily, they don't have to all be intense. Uh, you know the yellers and the screamers. That doesn't make you competitive. Competitive just means you you're, you're going to find a way to get something done, no matter what's been put in front of you, no matter what's going on in the outside world. You know you're able to lock in and, and really you know focus and pay attention to detail. Which I think is the other thing is that that competitors they had attention to detail. They wanted to do it right. Uh, you know they had they had a they they wanted to make sure that. They did everything the correct way, right? Uh, you know, and I think those were two things that that set people apart from, you know, being great and and, and you know you know just just being out there, <laughs> right? Uh, and and you know those are kind of things that you try to you try to mirror. I I I've tried to mirror, is, you know, attention to detail and just you know willing to compete and work at it. Just just be good at it. Be be really you know. I, I have a saying: that scary money don't make money. Mm, uh, yes sir <laughs> yes sir you, you can't be you can't be scared to be great you know uh, and so you just you really gotta be willing to put it out there you can't be afraid to fail right and that's that's all that means that doesn't mean you need to go you know bet your whole house <laughs> <laughs> right it's true it, 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 you be you small be afraid, yeah right. you just can't be afraid to, you can't be afraid to fail indeed uh, and so you know a lot of times guys well what if I what if I miss or what if I yeah that, that's always a possibility but you can't be. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. There you go. Uh, there you go. So, uh, those are that's that's something that those guys, uh, both in coaching and, and players, they just they had that they had that competitive spirit and they they believed in, in themselves. Yeah. Right. Right. Hundred percent. hundred percent. And just before we get into the third and fourth quarter with some rapid fire questions, coach. Um, just in terms of again, what would you say are the main or the top three things that every basketball player should have? Uh, every basketball player 
uh, well, it's a game of skill. And so if, if you can't dribble it, pass it and shoot it, you got to figure out how to do that. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, and the better you shoot it, the, the better you are. Uh, you know, guys that can shoot can usually find a way to get on the floor somehow, some way. Uh, you know, I, I, I think you got to, again, you got to be very competitive. Because uh, if you're not willing to compete, then you're going to have a hard time. Because right. you, you, you got to compete every day and practice against your teammates if you want to try to be able to play. Because you, know, you only play five guys at a time. Right. Uh, and, and, and so if you don't have that competitive spirit, then it's going to be hard for you to get on the floor. Uh, but if, if you can, like I said, if you can make, make shots, uh, you know, become a really good passer. Uh, and I think you, probably the most important thing you got to do is listen. That's key. Uh, yep, I uh, like that. You got you got to be able to listen because if you can't listen, you can't get better. Right. You can't, you can't learn. Right. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And just a final question before we get into the quick hitter segment is, if I may, Coach, what was, you know, some of the highlights that standed out to you the most, you know, during your coach career, but also some of the lowlights that made you a better coach. Oh. Wow. Let's see. Highlights. Oh, obviously, you know, being able to go play in three straight NCAA tournaments. Nice. Um, you know, being able to, you know, we had the most wins in school history at, at Utah State. We won 30. We did it two different times. Uh, that was a that was a highlight for, for me as a as a coach. Uh, you know. Being able to uh, being able to coach Orlando Robinson on a daily basis as a kid here at Fresno State, you know, just watching his work ethic um, as a, as a player that's a that's a that's a win for me. That's a highlight. Uh, you know, having a chance to work for a Hall of Famer like Stu Morrill would be a would be a highlight for me. Uh, you know, some some things that I tough. Things I learned from um, my my first I got to be a head coach at a young age. I was 27 years old, I think, when I got wow. that job at Texas A&M International. Okay. Uh, and you know, learning how to learning how to lead. Um, you know that that first year, you know, I just tried to amass the the you know, get the most talent. And, mm. I, and I maybe, you know, maybe took some guys that, you know, didn't have the best character. Okay. Uh, and so that was something that, that I learned from, right. uh, you know, uh, you know, understanding how to put a team together. It's not just about always the best talent, you know, you gotta, you know, it all has to fit. Right. <laughs> it's a jigsaw puzzle, it all has to kind of fit. Indeed. Uh, and so that that was something that I've learned from you know being around, putting yourself around good people, uh, right. putting That's good huge. people around you. Right. Yeah. Hundred um, You know, you know, just kind of just the, the ins and outs of the business. You know, you know, I you learn how how to cherish all the really good moments because you have so many bad ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I agree. By that, just I you know, agree. you learn to cherish the wins, but you know, because you have so many losses. Yep. <laughs> uh, yep. You know, we've been fortunate enough to be pretty successful just about everywhere we've been, uh, but we didn't, 
you know, that year at Sac State, we weren't, we weren't very good, but we had good kids. It just, we, just, we, just, we just couldn't win the game. But, right. uh, you know, learned a lot from that. Uh, and, I, you know, learned how to have a, you know, being a, being around an administration that wants you to give you a chance to be successful. Nice. Nice. And just now making a pivot into the third quarter, which I like to call the quick hit a segment. I'm just going to ask you some rapid fire questions, Coach, and um, see how you handle them. So the first one, um, I'm really curious to know your take on this one, Coach, is what would you say is a skill that is taught by many, but only mastered by a few? A skill taught by many, but only mastered by a few. Uh... Ball screen offense, I think as a guard, understanding how to play ball screens, uh, you know, how to look at level one scoring options, level two, level three. You know, okay. I think everybody tries to teach how to play ball screen. They'll come off the ball screen, okay, but what am I looking for? Mm, <laughs> that's key. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. I, I don't think they're very, they're on a, not every, not every guy, I think, can throw the ball to the roller on a ball screen. I think that's a talent. To be able to throw it to the roller, awesome. and then you know, reading reading who's taking the roller and being able to have make every pass. You know, Chris Paul I think is the best at it, and I think he I don't think he ever makes a bad decision on a ball screen. Right, uh, right. But there are not very many that can do it like he could. You know, so I think Steve Nash was really good at it, but there's a, you know, but everybody now because it's just it's just nature of how you go come off a ball screen. Yeah, but can you really play ball screen? Everybody can come off and you can dribble, but can you really play it? Play it, right, <laughs> right. I like that. So in terms of when you say like, you know, level one, two, and three, are you making re- reference to, you know, what what type of coverage defensively yeah, are they like level one, mm-hmm. Like level one would be, okay, that's you, the, the guy handling the ball. Can he get to, if, if the guy gets a good piece, can you get to a spot on the floor where you can really, can you can score? Will that okay. be a pull-up jumper? If he goes under the ball screen, can you step back and make that three? Okay, so can you score off level one? Right. Uh, level two is, you know, do you have the ability to throw the ball to the roll guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that be the late lob, whether that be the pocket pass, can you throw it to the roll? Then level three is can you read defensive coverage and understand who keeps you from throwing it to the roll because the big has kept you from being able to score on level one. Now the defense is rotated over, not allowed you to throw it to level two. Can you right. throw the skip to the corner? Whether that be weak or strong? Like can you can you throw the shake pass? Uh, like can you put the ball where it's supposed to go on time on target? So that they have the option, like the, the le- three levels of the ball screen. Right, right. Understood, understood. I like that. I like that. Um, next one, best piece of advice you ever received. Uh, best piece of, as a as a coach. Uh, a guy told me, you know, try to help everybody. Mm. Uh, and it was a guy I played for. His, his name was Bob Lau. I played for him at Southern Utah. He was assistant coach at Southern Utah. Uh, and, and when I first started working, he says, uh, you know, try to help everybody. When people call you, no matter what they ask for, try to help everybody. Understood. Understood. And the last two before we get to the fourth quarter is, um, if it wasn't for basketball, 
I wouldn't have learnt filling the blank about myself. Um, if it wasn't for basketball, I wouldn't have learned that I could, uh, I could face adversity. That's huge. That's huge. I like that. And the final one, what would the title of your autobiography be? <laughs> oh, uh, scared money don't make money. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I love that. I love that. Making the transition into the fourth quarter in our coach, where just before we wrap up, we're going to have a little bit of fun. What I do with my guests is I give them 10 seconds to name five things. So, for example, I might say, Coach, I'm going to give you 10 seconds as a demonstration to name five NBA teams. And when you hear the countdown, which should be starting now, nine, that's when you can just start listing them off. Six. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, so let's start with the first one, nice and easy. So, Coach, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to name five NBA players. LeBron James, Chris Paul, Giannis Atkinopo, Sam Merrill, uh, Russell Westbrook. Yes, sir. We'll take that with two seconds left. I love it. Okay, next one. (laughs) 10 seconds to name five NBA teams Chicago Bulls Orlando Magic Utah Jazz LA Clippers LA Lakers yes you know what coach you had me at the first one coach Chicago Bulls (laughs) put that front row and center sitting at the court side I love that coach I love that (laughs) okay see the third one guests in the past have stumbled upon it but seeing that you're a coach even though these names aren't mentioned as much they are still mentioned so let's see if you can get this one so 10 seconds to name five nba coaches five, oh uh nine ty Lu, doc seven, rivers six five greg four, popovich three, dan van gundy one. Did I get four or five? I got I got caught up that on was how four. much my number was. Four. That was four. That, <laughs> that was, was four. Cool. I'll take it. I'll take it. Next one. Um ten seconds to name five international players in the NBA. Luka Doncic, Yannick Atkinpopo. Yep. Uh, seven. Five. Six. Man, Drazen Petrovic, Dirk Nowitzki, Sasha Piotrovic. Yes, there we go. There we go. And the final three to finish it off. Coach, 10 seconds to name five basketball movies. Oh, wow. Uh, He (laughs) got game. Of course. Uh, Seven. Man, six, that's a good five, one. Four, <laughs> wow. Three, I got him in my head. Coach Carter. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. That was two. Oh, man. I wanted to say like, <laughs> like the one about, uh, oh, man, I can't, I can't remember the title. With uh, It was about Coach Haskins, that team. The, oh, the, uh, the Utah Glory, Glory Road. Glory Road, yes. Yeah, yes. Glory Road. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I said he got game. The one with, uh, oh, my favorite basketball movie was, uh, Sanaya Lathan and uh, oh, oh uh, Love and Basketball. 
Loving basketball. Yes, sir. Yeah, that was my favorite. Yes, one. sir. That's a classic. <laughs> That's a classic. And Man. the final two is uh, coach. I'm gonna give you 10 seconds for you to give me and the listeners your top five players of all time. Oh, really? Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, uh, David Robinson, Bill Russell, and Shaquille O'Neal. Okay, back in the time chambers on that one. I like it. I like it. I'm old school. I am old school. (laughs) I I, I love LeBron. I love Kobe. Right. MJ and MJ were, they were big time. Different cloth. Yeah, and it's, it's just a lot of it's a lot of guys, man. Larry right. Bird was phenomenal. He, he was. Oh, he was. Oh, he could. Oh, he could play today. <laughs> <laughs> and play today. the final one, coach, is you've got ten seconds to name five artists that get you hyped before a game. <laughs> oh, I'm a nine, I'm a Maxwell eight, fan. Okay, Prince, yes, sir. Michael Jackson. Five, here we go. Four, DJ two, Khaled and Drake. Two, Ooh, one. yes, sir. Yes, sir. I love that. Absolutely love that. Oh man, listeners, this has been seriously an absolute privilege, a treat for myself as well as you, the listeners. Don't worry. Likewise. Or the, appreciate you having us. No, I mean, seriously, Coach, man. I mean, and don't worry, listeners. All the information is going to be in the description. But, Coach, I mean, just for players who want to continue to learn the game, you know, just, you know, talk to us about the program and just um, also where can they find you? Oh, man. You know, obviously, we're here at Fresno State. You know, you can go to GoBulldogs.com and, and, you know, follow us on the year. Um, my, I think my email is on there. T Felton at csufresno.edu. Would love to chat with people about you know getting started in coaching. Any any help I can can give lead you down the right path. Absolutely. Uh, certainly would love to help because uh, that's it's about growing the game and for me it's about helping helping people kind of you know reach their dreams and goals of, especially as it relates to being in, in this great sport. It's it's got me to where I am today. It's given me all that I have today, uh, from my family to, to the life I have. And, you know, I can't be, can't be more blessed than I am. And so, but yeah, that's kind of how you can follow us. Uh, I don't even know my, my Twitter handle. I, I'm on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's at Tarvish F or something like that. But, uh, but yeah, can, can reach us anytime. And like I said, we'd love to help. Perfect. Amazing. Right. Listeners, this is myself and the well decorated coach Tarvish Felton and look out for the book scared money don't make no money in the bookstores <laughs> near you signing out